time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Listeners, I am excited to have another special guest on. His name is Tosh James. And the the reason I've asked Tosh to come on, this doesn't have anything to do with mortgage banking. This has to do with life. You see, folks, I just recently lost in the last couple of months, several really close friends to cancer. And I know a number of you who are listening to this have had cancer or are close to those. Almost everyone of us have been touched by that nasty disease. And there's so much more to it than just the cancer. And we want to talk about health because I'm interested not only in you having a successful business listeners, I'm interested in you having a successful, healthy and prosperous life. So with that, Tosh James, thank you so much for joining me on the microphone. Oh, thank you for having me, Dave. Excited. Well, it is good, and we're going to be airing this and publishing this right between the holidays. So Merry Christmas, everyone, and Merry Christmas to you, Tosh, and I hope you're going to about ready to enjoy a really great New Year. Yes, absolutely. You guys as well. Yeah. Well, I am, again, one of my dear friends who, unfortunately, one of the ones that we just recently lost, Shannon Summerall, dear friend who worked with me, and she unfortunately passed. And I know we can't get specifics in it because all the protections that go into all that. But we can talk about what we can do when or to avoid cancer and what we can do should that show up, unfortunately, in our lives or the lives of others. But before we go there, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, how you got sure. to where you're at. Yeah, I'm a wellness consultant and advisor. I have clients all over the world. It's been a 20-year process. A lot of this started for me personally. When I was a child growing up in India, <clears throat> affluent family, had doctors and physicians all around me, right? So this is a way of life, culture. They were in our home and over drugged as a child. Every time there was some kind of a, an issue or a symptom, they were giving me something because we had access to it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then series of events. I ended up with, I think, malaria or something, because the big, big problem in developing countries is even if you're living in a nice area is like we, we lived in, in a beautiful two story home with a terrace. Well, a block down the street are the slums. So you've got sanitation issues. You got to constantly stay on top of it. So something happened and I ended up getting sick and they gave me more drugs and I got turned into a zombie with all the drugs I was on. And my mom took me off with a bit cold. Ten years old, she said, we can't do this anymore. She was smart enough to say, let's get him off of everything. Let's reassess the situation. But the damage was already done from all the drugs I was on. So by the time I was 12 years old, they were talking surgery, extraction of organs, things like that, gallbladder removal. And again, she was smart enough to go get a second opinion. So we went out to aunt's place out in the country and we sat down with a female physician who's an MD as well. And she did what I call as an evaluation. She sat down and talked to us, asked all the right questions. And at the end, she said, okay, I'm not negating the issues he's having, but let's try something else before we put the knife to this kid. Why don't we go food first? That's always the answer. And Hippocrates said, let food be your medicine, medicine be your food. And, he's, and she said, what I'm looking at is this kid is eating nothing but junk. 
So why don't we change that? Let's try something different. And I went more to a plant-based, you want to call it a plant-based diet, whatever, eating regimen. And I would have seafood maybe once a week. And my, my mom kidnapped me from, because we lived with our grandparents at home. And she kidnapped me and dropped me off. It was summertime at my aunt's house because she knew that's the only way I would stick to this. And I would come home maybe once every couple of weeks. So because of that, and I didn't understand all of this back then, now I do, is it takes 90 days to create healthy new red blood cells. Every three days, you got white blood cells happening, even though one is born every day. So because of the rich nutrition I was getting, the real foods that I was getting, the body was regenerating in real time. So at the end of the summer, when we went back to the first physician, which is the one out in the country, she said, he's doing great. You're welcome to go get a second checkup. We went back to the city and all the doctors were like, well, we don't know what happened, but he's doing great. Just keep doing what you're doing. So this is God's design at work. If we give it what it needs, it'll function properly. So I was introduced to a group out of Europe and several groups out of Asia. And I started asking the right questions. The last time I stepped into a, a conventional doctor's office, I was 15 years old. I got three shots at that time. And I ended up having a lot of back issues. Again, I didn't understand it back then. It was my organs that were screaming for help when that happened. And something said, you got to look for something different. Something's off in this space. And I never went back. So I was always searching and I found people around the world that were doing things different. They put design first, not the product first. We tend to protect the product like you know, with wine. So we have the best wine in the world. By the time it gets down here from Napa Valley, it's got all these preservatives in it. And that's why you have hangovers. You know, we have to protect the body first. So being in, in this space, I was introduced to a group that was doing some amazing things and had been since the 70s out of Eastern Europe. And I sat with these guys. I became an understudy to the chief scientist, started learning from them, started watching these cases. And that's how I got into this. And let's talk about what this is. Let's get that introduced to everyone. Sure. It's multi-part. First thing is proper evaluations. We have to understand how the body works. We have to put design first. We have to do the proper testing first. This is why when someone gets a diagnosis, I, I tell them, go get a second, third, and fourth opinion, especially if they're wanting to do invasive procedures, invasive testing, and invasive treatments. Because design, you, anything you do countercyclical to design, it's going to throw it off course. Yeah, talk so, about the design. Yeah, so here's an example. God, the way he designed us, we're meant to ingest, digest, absorb, nourish the liver to nourish the bone marrow. This is happening constantly, whether we want to or not, whether we like it or not. So whether you go eat a hamburger that's genetically modified or you go eat a, a burger that's grass-fed, doesn't have antibiotics, pesticides in it. The body is trying to do that process the best it can because the end result is producing the proper white blood cells, red blood cells, stem cells, all of that stuff to help the body function. The quality of that depends on the quality of the intake that we're putting in our body every day. Now, here's counter design. When people talk to me about, are you for steroids? Are you for testosterone shots or progesterone shots or vaccines or whatever? Look, I'm not on a pro or anti platform. I'm a God designed platform. So show me where God put my injection port. I don't have one. 
So both sides, the naturopathic side, the holistic side, and the drug industry all lean towards this because it's easy for them to do. It shocks the body, sometimes in a good way, but it should be reserved for urgent care, trauma care, and bridge care only. You cannot live on infusions. This whole IV therapy craze that started, they have IV bars all over the, the, the world, and it it's given people a crutch, and it's taken them off course, off course from design to properly eat foods that belong in their body. It, there's no excuse. We have oh. to go to the food. Yeah. So it starts with food. Do you consider yourself a nutritionist? I know it's way more than that. I'm trying to get this introduced to our audience and to our listeners here. Get into what you, what your recommendations are as people start this journey and looking at this, what, how should they start evaluating the food? And I know that's a huge topic, but do you best to introduce that? Well, we have to make an honest effort. We are our best healthcare professional. Nobody's going to live in that body for the rest of your life except you, no matter what anybody tells you, including me. So you got to understand why I'm saying some of these things. And we have stopped looking for real food. We started making excuses. And I've heard people say, if I'm damned if I do, I'm damned if I don't, right? Well, you're just, but you're making excuses. You're not trying. So if you at least try, honestly, earnestly, over the next 90 days, 120 days, the body will start changing. It'll start regenerating. I'm a perfect example as a kid that started happening. So the food you want to go look for is if you can go to the farm, if there's a farm near you, start buying food from farms that are harvested properly. There are stores, our grocery stores today have some foods. Start with the organic. I know there's a big argument about that as well, but start somewhere. Start with organic foods, non-genetically modified foods. There's all these labels on there that show you how these things are created, how these things are harvested. Wild meats are great. You know, this is in, in the Roman army, one of the one of the most successful, powerful armies in the world, lived in the wild. They eat, eat we we germ, honey, and wild meats. And then so we have to eat meats that are that that, whether it's a a deer or bison or whatever, they know what to eat. Even if they eat something poisonous, they'll eat something else to mix properly the way God designed them to for, for their body to process it well. And they have a great digestive system as well. So if they're not in captivity, they know what to do. That's the best meat you can have. Same thing goes for wild caught seafood. Okay. There the, where again the whole food topic is such a huge huge one. So we will we'll come back to that in a bit. But yeah. food is in fact one of the most important medicines we can put in. And so I got yeah. that. But yeah. we're we're talking about a modern medical system today that yeah. it seems to have gone awry in some way. I mean well intended, I'm sure. I want to, yeah. I want to believe it's well intended, but there is a health crisis in America. If you could talk about that. Yeah. It, and I want to give credit to all the, the physicians that are trying. They all got into this business to help people. No one got into it going, you know, I'm, I'm just here to make money. Right. So, but the example I give is you can take the best glass blower in the world, best, best glass cutter in the world, the best glass artist in the world. And if you give him a sledgehammer, the piece that he's going to create is going to be as best to the tool that he was given. So when you have 7,000 treatments in a physician's desk reference, there's thousands of them in there. One comes out every year. Every physician that's an MD gets one. Well, all of them are organ damagers. So not only are they not helping you, they're pushing you closer to the box every day. 
You don't take my word for it. Take any drug that they give you, any prescription that you've gotten, put it in YouTube and watch the commercial. Just the last 30 seconds. If you close your eyes and just listen, you go, why am I taking this stuff? So again, at that's best, all the word. Yeah. What, what you're talking about is you know, the warning labels that are, that follow all this and you take this as possible. And, and they say it so quickly. It's like, we have to get this sense. We're going to say it real fast. And that whole, that whole concept. And that we do need to pay more attention to that. But when you look what is going on around the world, tell me a little bit about how the American healthcare system is differs from what you see going on around the world. You talked about studying and you, you were an understudy in Eastern Europe. Talk about yeah. what you noticed the differences be. Well, the one, so there's so many different things. I'll touch on the economy. When 20% yeah. of US's economy, it, GDP is pharmaceuticals. And it's really much more than that. Pharmaceuticals is feeding all the other industries. So it's way more than that. Maybe even half of our GDP is that. So it, it's bigger than oil and gas and food put together for us. So we, we, we have to be our own consumers. It's like we have to buy our own product, right? And, and you're talking about us being Americans. Us being Americans. Now, the other countries, there's some things starting to change because a lot of those are Commonwealth countries. They are funded by the government. And what they're seeing, especially in UK and other countries around the United Kingdom, they're all Commonwealth countries, is they're going broke in their healthcare system because when they look 30, 40, 50 years ago, when they started adapting the same model, all the people that were teenagers in their 20s and 30s are 50s, 60s, and 70s. They have more health problems than what they did then, and they don't have the money to cover the cost for everybody. So they're starting to look at things different. Like Richard Thompson, who's a physician, he was a physician to the queen when she was alive for over two decades. He's an MD. He's You can go look him up and publicly, he crushes the, the industry. What's his name again? Richard, Sir Richard Thompson. He was knighted by the queen. He was a physician to the queen for two decades. And uh, and he says, look, we, we cannot keep doing this and sustain this model. Everybody is sick. Nobody's going to ever get better. And on that note, I'll give you, a, this is an example I love using. And the queen was 90 something years old when she went to Meghan and Harry's wedding. She got out of the car, you know, walked down the aisle, sat patiently for several hours, got up and walked out. No canes, no no walkers, no wheelchairs. You know, what's the what's the deal here? You know, this this explains what I what I we, everything we talked about. They right. they eat out of the farm, they hunt from the forest, they fish out of the ocean, and this is their regimen. They don't over medicate, they don't go around injecting themselves unnecessarily. So you've got and you've got 50-year-olds in this country running to get hip implants and knee implants. They can't walk a mile down the street. So we have to change our mentality where Everything that the pharmaceutical industry has to offer has to be for urgent care, trauma care, and bridge care. And we have to take responsibility. We have to help our physicians. When uh, an average GP is seeing 40 to 80 people a day, they only have time for so much. So when you're coming in asking them for a drug, asking them a prescription, that's all they have time to do. So you have to do some work on your own and go, this is, what do I need to do? Yeah. Yeah. So what is that, what does that journey look like? What is, you know, well, I, I'm going to go back to one other question I wanted to get in here. You know, why is this happening? I want, let's go to the cause. Why is this happening? Well, it goes back to food. You know, we have yeah. to start with our lifestyle. Food is one well, of them and movement. So yeah. in the seventies, there was an article called Sitting is a New Smoking. We stopped moving. 
everything has to do with blood production and blood flow. 1931 Nobel Prize, Otto demonstrated that lack of blood flow in the body causes every disease known to man. He put rubber rings on piglets to cut off their blood supply to demonstrate this. So any part, the, the limbs where there was no blood flow anymore, they start having issues, arthritic type issues, cancers, skin infections, all of that. Now, if you cut their limb open, you would still have blood come out, but it's old blood, not fresh blood that's circulating. This is what happens when we sit all day, when we're not moving anymore. People that are retired start degenerating quicker because they're not moving around anymore. So we have to move our body, whether it's 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at night, a brisk walk, start somewhere, and you do that for three, four months, it's compounding interest, just like anything else. So movement's a big part of it as well. Food and movement is a big, big part of us getting back to where we used to be. Culture is completely changed. We don't walk to the store anymore. We just get in our car and drive. Yeah, and we and if if we're parked at one place, we drive to the in the car in the same parking lot to a closer door so we don't yeah. get to it's door. Door. It's door. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. So where is the solution? Where do we start looking at the solution? Food, I know, is there, but give us a little bit of a practical path to things we can all do. We're our listeners are listening to this over the holidays or just after the holidays. We've all eaten food that is. Maybe not quite that yeah. we should have done. And yeah. we're, we may be feeling the consequence of it, but what can we do now? Starting now. It's 80-20 rule. I'll tell people, look, don't beat yourself up. Start with the with the house, inside the house. Don't bring anything in the house that's junk anymore. If you buy potato chips, make sure it's organic. If you buy a steak, make sure it's non-GMO, doesn't have a bunch of stuff injected in it. But as the new year is coming up, one of the things I created was called Life 120. This is a food plan that I put together for all our clients. And what we would do is start everybody that came to us with a 10-day juice blending regimen, fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds all blended together. And that would set them up for a good foundation with an infusion of nutrition. And that was with the pulp included. Now, Three years ago, I started asking God, Lord, give me a food plan. Because every time I talk to a nutritionist, a food specialist, they all start leading towards supplements. It, those things cause their own problems. So your body has to process it, break it down. It doesn't understand what it is a lot of times. And that's not what what it's for. It's not food. It's It's truly a supplement. And it also should be for bridge care, urgent care, trauma care only. If you're deficient in something, use it. But if it doesn't fix it, you got to go fix the real problem, kind of like an oil leak in the car. So the Life 120 food program, God down, downloaded that to me over a four-month period, like piece by piece by piece. Just as you and I are sitting here, one day he said, go do a 21-day vegetable-only regimen. I'm going, okay, what does that look like? And I did it cold from one day to the next. I gave up my coffee. I started drinking hot teas. I had vegetables only. And I'd show up to lunches and meetings and order three sides. And people are looking at me like, what are you doing? So I told him, I'm doing this experiment. God's told me to do this. I'm doing this. So he took me through this process phase by phase by phase with a lot of grace in it. Because a lot of times with, with diet, this is not a diet. This is a food regimen. With diets, people don't make it all the way through because it's too difficult, which is one. So you have to have a lot of grace in the program. This has it. Has a lot of breaks in it. And also the, the food program has to have specific regimens where the body's able to repair and rebuild and recalibrate. This does that for you. So when you come out on the other side on the 120 days, you also have a plan. 
we have a lot of diets out there and programs out there and everybody's eating out of cartons. We're not going to eat out of cartons for the rest of our lives. It's very, very short term. When you say eating out of cartons, you're, you're what it, I want to make sure everyone understands that. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to name any groups, right? There's so many of them out there there. You, you order food online and it shows up in a box and it's yeah. in a cart. And most of the time you're microwaving. Yeah. So yeah. not only are you eating packaged food that you're not going to be able to sustain, now you're nuking it and you're radiating your food. You just took all the nutrition out of it. Wow. <laughs> Seeing as we just went over to a, a, a called factor meals, because it, in the midst of our remodel that we've been doing here at our home for the last year, we our kitchen was torn up, a lot of things we didn't have access to. And we thought, damn, these factor meals are delicious. And they come packaged now i know what you mean and yeah. they're delicious and 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 you can get they they make them sound so healthy but i need to go back and start reading the labels and some of that but, and it's okay short term right it's this season that you're remodeling the house it's okay but you're not going to live on that for the rest of your life so let's talk about who is doing what about this let me go there so yeah. is anyone working on this problem unless it's you working on it as an individual no all is. about accountability. Unfortunately, so where do we start? Where do we start this process of examining what we're doing? How, why does there, there's so much information out there and it's an overload. Sometimes yeah. you just go like, just go to this website, go to this place and start here. And then yeah. the journey. Life 120 is a great place to start because there's no supplements to buy, no food to buy. It's just a lifestyle adjustment and it's 120 days. And the book's coming out on December 14th. Oh, good. good. Yes. good. So the book will have come out by the time this is, we're recording this just a week yes. before that, before the release. So it'll be yes. coming out. It will be out by this time. Great. Excellent. Absolutely. Yeah. And you can just take that book. It's a book and a journal in, in combination, and you can follow it day by day by day. And we can talk about that real quick on the, all the phases, if you'd like. Right. Yeah, please. Let's do it. Okay. So phase one is a 10-day juice regimen, fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds all blended together with the pulp in it. And you want to do two to three a day or as many as you want for 10 days straight. You take a five-day break and eat whatever you want. So it gives you something to look forward to. Okay. So, now, so far out that you, you can't make it, right? You know, so let's go to which, which juicer do you recommend? Is there one that's better than another? There's so many of them, Nutribullet, Ninjas, any of them, but you just want the pulp in it because you're not just doing okay. the juice. So you're not, not just it. doing the juice. So it's not something that's spinning it and taking the juice out and leaving the pulp in there. We used to have one of those years ago and I was going, man, aren't we leaving the best part in there? Yeah. In the, what was being thrown away. So, okay. So it is, so it's literally a blender, high-end blender, because we've got a good ninja. Most people yeah. have a good blender. We have a bullets. I got number, number one of the number of those. So, so we start with that. So it's a 10 day, just fruits and vegetables. Fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. Oh, and nuts and seeds. Okay. Seeds. That's where a lot of your protein's coming from. So right. nuts and seeds as well. And you can eat them raw as also like a lot of times, you know, your, your psyche is working on you, right? So you're getting hungry at night. I'll just go grab a handful of cashews, which is okay. And I may have drank three juices already for the day. So you take 10 days, do that. You take a five day break, eat whatever you want. Just make sure it's organic. Enjoy yourself. The next phase is 21 days of vegetables only. And now you can make it however you want. You can eat it raw. You can saute it, steam it, soup it, salad it any way you'd want. 
any of this any of the vegetables you want it's 21 days this is pulling all the inflammatory foods out of your plate and it's giving the body really something to work with and it's letting it rest as well it's having to process less than more for that 21 days then you take a five-day break eat whatever you want and here's a side note this is this is where the grace comes in even as i was doing it for the first time on day eight, I ended up going to a restaurant opening in the Dallas area, and it was like an eight-course meal. It was a five-star restaurant, and I got invited to it, and I told the guys, look, I'm doing this 21-day thing. I don't want to offend anybody because I'm just going to be eating vegetables. So they said, look, we'll make the chef make something for you that's special, and it's just salad only. But as I got there, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, take a break and eat whatever you want. So I did. I had the eight course meal. So instead of doing the vegetables only in 21 days, I did it in 22 days. So I added a day and finished it. But I took that day. And the reason I'm saying that is life happens. You get invited to weddings. You get invited to special dinners. Enjoy it. But don't make that as an excuse to keep adding days to it. Just do that and go right back to it. So you take a five day break after that. And the next phase, it's accumulative. So you're doing the fruits, you're doing the vegetables. You're doing the nuts and seeds, and now you're adding all the fruits you want for that next phase. When you get done with that, you take another five-day break, and you're adding now eggs and grains to it. So quinoa, brown rice, you can all add all that to it and all the eggs you want to it. And side note, vegetables, avocados, tomatoes, potatoes, all of those are in that category. And this is all in that book, and there's recipes in there as well for you to lean on. So I'll give you some examples. So the, the next phase, the last phase, phase five, is you, you take a five-day break, and now you're adding all the wild-caught seafood you want to it. Mm. So by that time, you know how habits are. You've changed habits all the way around, physically, mentally, and also your palate-wise. Your, your palate's completely different. Now, in my case, when I did that, David, I lost 40 pounds. <laughs> I was lighter than when I was in high school, but I was, I was super lean. I had my six pack back, that wasn't my, the intention, right? It just happened. But I lost all the extra weight that I had on me that I'd put on over the years, eating out all the time. And even we're eating at the nicest restaurants, they're all getting their food from the distributors. So your body can only process so much. So that's the 120 day plan. So when you come out on the other side, you've got a good eating regimen to lean on. You're doing fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. You got grains, you got eggs and you have all the wild caught seafood you want. So if you stick with that and that becomes your lifestyle, every once in a while you can have something different. You know, the other day I was with our team from Europe, I had a T-bone steak and eggs, you know, but I don't crave it. I don't have to have red meat all the time, but it was nice to have that for dinner, hanging out with the, with our friends. So when you look at the, the after this 120 day period is up, what is the regimen after that? Is it then do you take people and just or does that reprogram you? You just start repeating the last part of that last part of your 120 day program. Yeah, the phase five. So phase, phase five, five becomes your lifestyle. So fruits, vegetables, nuts and seeds, all the seafood you want. That becomes your lifestyle. That's my lifestyle today, pretty much. And I love seafood, all kinds of seafood, whether it's shrimp or lobster, salmon. Yeah, anything you want. That's kind of what I lean on. And then every once in a while, I integrate some turkey or some chicken and some beef every once in a while. But about those that have gotten the word, you have the C word, cancer. What can you do and what do you recommend to be able to give the greatest chance for the longest, greatest amount of life, quality of life. 
Yeah. So just in general, when someone is diagnosed with cancer, the first thing is it didn't happen overnight. It's been happening for a long time. So when some, whether it's cardiovascular, autoimmune, or the cancer, I tell people it's been happening for five, 10, 15 years. You just ignored all the signs and the gauges on the dash. No, knowingly or unknowingly, mostly unknowingly. Nobody intentionally says, I'm going to do this so I can get cancer, right? They just didn't know. A lot of the things we're talking about today. So you have to do a 180 immediately. You've got to do some kind of a food change. Food is a big part of the problem. If we keep eating these same foods, we're going to have these problems. In 1947, the Queen of England called on a, a farmer from Paris. He came in and she called on a professor from Oxford and they were talking and the, and the, and the farmer was telling the professor and the queen, look, no one should have cancer. I can show you this. And he pointed out to a couple of places where inland, no one had cancer in 10 years, there was two people in the whole city. Wow. But on the port, 80% of the people had cancer, 50 to 80%. And I don't like throwing percentages out, but a lot of people had cancer. And uh, the professor didn't agree with him. You know, he you know, had his nose up to, because he was a peasant, right? He's a farmer. So he said, can I come back in two weeks? So he goes back and gets his friend who graduated with this professor and was a PhD as well. So he comes back and they have another round table with the queen. And he exp the, the professor explains to everybody. So this is what's happening. The people inland have access to fresh foods. They're not eating packaged foods. The people on the port are eating all these packaged foods that are coming in on ships. So those people are ending up with more cancer than the people inland. It's very simple. It's not that complex. So when we get a diagnosis, again, we got to change the food right away. That's number one. Two, we have to get second, third, and fourth, and fifth opinions. And again, we're not giving anybody pharmaceutical advice, right. medical advice, right? So I'm going to keep this in generality. If you walk off a 10-story building and you don't have a parachute, you're going to fall. Yep. So when you have a, a bag that they're injecting in you, which they call chemo today, right? And it says toxic hazardous. And it even gives you instructions to call the hazmat team if you spill it. And this yeah. is what they're injecting in you. And not only that, you, they're having you sign papers. I have papers from hospitals that copies of it on what they make you sign before they inject that in you. And it tells you it could cause death. So if life and death is in the power of the tongue, not only did you profess it, you wrote it down and signed off on it. So what do you expect? You know, I'd rather lean into that than go fight the pharmaceutical industry. You know, people are going to do what they're going to do. We're not here to tell them what to do. Right. That's going to start deteriorating the body. And this is why when they say even the conversation, oh, yeah, it kills everything. Yeah, it does. It's much more than that. But what happens is when you're doing invasive treatments like that, chemo and radiation, and you already have a problem, the body's not regenerating, it's degenerating. And now you have a timer on you. This is why there's no such thing as you know remission. What's remission? One day you're great, you're playing volleyball on the beach, and next day you're in the hospital. You know, One day to the next, the body's crashing because you're on a clock. And if you don't make an effort to regenerate and rebuild the body consciously after doing something like that, you got no hope. It, the house is going to burn down, whatever's left of it. When someone has come up with that diagnosis, and you were talking about this with one of our friends who has passed away, unfortunately, she had an immense amount of chemo when she first, she had breast cancer. 
and had taken had an immense amount of chemotherapy, had taken that toxic thing. Is that game over then? How circumstantial is this? What should they be doing? Yeah. So my opinion, humble opinion is there's a clock on you now. There's a timer. This is why, and this is all that's fact. The timer, that's the timer you were talking about. Yeah. So you, you've got to rebuild the fort before it completely collapses. Okay. So one of the examples I use is Lord of the Rings. And if you haven't seen that, go watch it. Part one. So, you know, the, the little city of Rohan gets warned that they're about to get run over. They're about to get hit by the orcs, right? The bad guys. So they run to Helm's Deep and Helm's Deep is very well forded. But they have a little hole that that they don't know. They didn't think about the drainage system where the bad guys knew about and they get in there and they overrun the fort. Now, the forts overrun. This is what happens when you do chemo and radiation. The forts overrun. They're inside the house. So the only thing now the timer's on. And even the king says, you know, what manner of evil is this? You know, we're done. There's nothing we can do to save ourselves. This is what's happening. You better pray that the elves show up in the morning, mm -hmm. right? And it's like, it's a good representation because they they all show up in white on horses and it's 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 the white blood cells. So when you have when you do uh -oh. chemo and radiation, it yeah. it compromises the bone marrow, which is the birthplace of the white blood cells and red blood cells. This is why people become anemic and their bone marrow is failing and their platelets are dropping. So it's kind of like the elves showing up in the morning. So if you've already done that, so, and, and again, another side note, we're not here to condemn you. We're not here to beat you up. A lot of you guys are listening have already done that, but the timer is, is started. You've got to do something. Don't think that, you know, you're good to go. You've got to do something to repair and rebuild the body. One of the, this is, this is statistics from the pharmaceutical industry. When they say you're a cancer survivor, that means you survived for five years from the time they treated you. So if you die five years in day one, you were we, you're still a cancer survivor. That makes sense. Yeah. So that is that is their that is their stat. That is a fact. That's their stat. So they even have a timer on you, right? And the timer is five years. So there's people that have lived for 10 years, 15 years, and then still something happens. Another example I'll give you, I have a, a friend of mine and now he's a friend of mine. I met him at a country club. I happened to be sitting there working on my computer. His wife knew me from 10 years ago and he had already had done chemo at that time when she had met me. And, and he, he walked in the club and she introduces me to him and he, and he, he was proud guy from Chicago, big guy. And he goes, Oh, I survived cancer. And I looked at him and said, you mean you survived the treatment? <laughs> he just looked at me, didn't say a word. He walked away. Well, ironically, a year later, everything started coming back. This was 10 years later. Um, hmm. And I think he was already feeling some things. He just didn't know yet. And now it started manifesting and his bone marrow started failing and his platelets stopped dropping. And he, he was down to 15. He had to get platelet infusions every week. So I told him, look, you, and he was 51 years old. I said, you have to act quickly. You got to eat, change what you eat. We can help you with some things. We've got a team on our consulting side. We'll do some proper evaluations and let's see if we can build a fort quicker than the timer running out. And in his case, here it is four years later, He's still doing great. We were able to get to him quick enough and got the bone marrow rebuilt before the timer ran out. There. So Tosh, when someone has the timer set because of treatments that they did before they mm -hmm. found out about someone like you, they have so much time, as you said, to be able to correct the problem or at least try to turn it around. Mm -hmm. Are there some cases where it's, it's terminal? 
I mean, there's nothing they could do or I have you, I'd love to hear some stories about some things that have been miraculous turnarounds. Yeah, it's it's very difficult to tell. See, this is why we'll never say no to anyone to helping someone, right? Who am I? Matter of fact, one of the first cases that I saw in 1999, when I got introduced to this group out of Europe, I was 24 years old and I was still into health and fitness, just like I am today. And a friend of mine who's in the financial space managed money for a lot of people and said, look, you got to meet these guys. And the the words he used were they're snatching people out of the grave. I'm like, what does that mean? So wow. he introduced me to one of his clients, financial clients. And this guy was 5'10", down to 90 pounds. They had already given him seven days to live. And he was withering away on the couch. And uh, he went to his wife and said, look, we're not trying to give you false hope, but can we introduce him to this group and let's see if he can do anything. And his wife had already checked out mentally that the services were set, the plot was picked mm -hmm. and they're going to bury him. So she wow. was like, well, go ahead, take him. Seven days is very, it's like next week, right? So she said, take him. You're welcome to take him. And so they take him and we we start helping him. And this guy comes back to life. Within six months, his body starts regenerating. So the timer- well, It was seven days. In that case, the timer had been set. It was a very short seven-day timer. But yeah. you were able to put him on a regimen and able to turn him around and yeah. then yeah. actually then get to the point where he's doing well today. But 23 years later, I talked to him the other day. You know, we we go grab some coffee, lunch, or and he's traveled with me to South America. He's doing great. So we've seen a lot of cases like that. So we'll never, ever say no. Now, have we not been able to help people with the timer ran out? Many, unfortunately. So because the, the house was so burned that we weren't able to build it fast enough. Because right. our goal always, the answer to everything, David, is blood. Life is in the blood. The answer is in the blood. The blood will never lie and the blood can fix anything. That goes for the evaluation and the regeneration of the body. And also goes back to 1931 when Otto said blood flow is everything. But to have blood flow, you got to have proper blood production. So our goal always is let's fix the bone marrow. Let's fix the blood. Let's fix the quality of blood. If we can fix that, then the, it'll fix everything. That is really the rebuilding of the fort. And that starts with an evaluation. Talk about the evaluation process. Sure. We have a very specific evaluation process. I call it life mapping. You know, I sit down with people, whether they're 20 years old or 80 years old, and say, just tell me what, what everything you can remember from day one. They fill out a packet with us, and then they tell us everything that's happened. Because where they are today, like I said, didn't happen overnight, right? Cancer doesn't happen overnight. It's been happening for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. So what all are the things that happened that caused this one for us to understand what's happening but also for them to understand what caused it so they don't do it again in the future as well so it's kind of a teaching process so that's part of it and as part of the evaluation we referred them to go get specific blood work done with the, with their primary care guy and we also have some specific urinalysis they go get go get done so on that note let's talk about levels of disease and this is part of the evaluation process that people need to understand. So level one is things like high blood pressure, high blood sugar, deficiencies. You've got things that are like primary that you're seeing, maybe symptoms. These are all like gauges on the dash that they're telling you something's off, like oil lights going off. Oil lights, not the problem. The oil may be low or there's a leak somewhere. So you got to get deeper. So this is level one. Level two is the actual manifestation of the problem. So cancer, autoimmune, cardiovascular, maybe even primary 
cases of infections, chronic infections that are happening. All of these are level two issues, still not the problem. Level three, very few people in the pharmaceutical space are discussing it and even addressing it. And it's specialists that are doing that. The GPs, unfortunately, aren't trained on this. They're not, they're not taught on this. So going back to the 40s, when Fleming came out with penicillin, he was given the Nobel Prize. And he took a step back and he said, guys, you don't understand. If you're not responsible with this, you will destroy the next generation. It just went over everybody's head. Nobody thought anything of it. And they started using it like a go-to, which still is today. They hand out antibiotics like their Tic Tacs. So they put it in our, on our food supply. Billions of pounds go into our, our general food supply every year. So we're consuming it constantly. And if you're someone that's been on a lot of antibiotics, your body's mutating. And here's an example I give of that. I used to go box to stay in shape and they would do like 12 rounds, three minute rounds. And the three minute rounds where you're hitting a, a speed bag or a heavy bag and you'll take a minute break. Well, the speed bag and the heavy bag is like a Petri dish. You know, scientists are great at demonstrating things in Petri dishes. There's only so many reactions in a Petri dish. So you right. hit the speed bag, it may come back at you. You hit the heavy bag, it may come back at you. And you can hit as many times as you want. It's not going to hit back. But when they try to get you in the ring with some of the fighters, that's the human body. Those guys are for real. You know, they're going to they're gonna come back at you punch, counter punch, and you better be ready. And this is what's happening with the body. Anytime you put something synthetic in the body, non-biocompatible to the body, no matter how it enters the body, oral, topical, injectable, all of it, the body's going, what is this? And it's trying to fight it. And you're already putting the body in a compromised situation where you're in an autoimmune situation now, autoimmune state. So that's number one. And it's also creating Trojan horses inside the body because of this. This what do you is mean by Trojan horses with inside inside the body. So this is what antibiotic resistance is, AMR, antimicrobial resistance. You know, this is this is a huge issue. This is the number one issue in the world. So Washington Post took out a front page ad a few years ago and it said two billion dollar prize for an antibiotic because they don't have an antibiotic that works. All these antibiotics cause mutations. There was a professor from Haberdine made this comment because they asked him about this. He said, there is no wonder drug coming. There's not even one in the pipeline. We need different answers. So we, we have to stop putting non-biocompatible things in our body. That goes along with consumption of food, but also being aware of this. So that's all part of the evaluation. So we send them off to go get a couple of UAs done. One of them is for superbugs and fungal infections, superbugs, which is viral and bacterial. Another one's for fungal infections. So this gives you the underlying, underlying causes. It shows things that are the, the mercenaries, that are the black ops guys hiding in the bushes, and you don't even know they're there. They're causing the cancers. They're causing the cancers from being able to correct itself. They're causing the body from not being able to correct the problems long-term. Everything becomes short-term solutions. So that's why it always comes back. So this is the proper evaluation is you have to look at everything in a three-dimensional perspective and go, let's look at the blood. What's the blood saying? What, what are the organs doing? Let's look at the UAs. What's happening with superbugs? What's going on with the viral infections, bacterial infections, fungal infections? And let's go back to the basics, which is rebuilding the body and fixing the bone marrow to create fresh blood to fix all of these problems. There's so much about this topic. We got the 
book now. We can order it. How can we get a hold of it? Amazon, I'm assuming, is the, it seems like where everything's being sold these days. Yeah, two places, life120.com, L-I-F-E. 120.com. It'll have it on there, which will still direct you to Amazon's quickest way to get there. That's a great place to start and stop making excuses. We got to fix the food supply. Great point. And if they want to talk to you, how can people get a hold of you, Tosh? Sure. A couple of ways. Ask at toshjames.com. Our team will respond to you within 72 hours. So we'll send you a packet with everything I'm talking about. And the office number is 512-410-9330. Josh, this is something I hope everyone will listen to and buy your book and yeah. start journaling on this, start paying attention to your health. And then if you do have issues, pick up the phone and call you. But it's not just picking up the phone when you're sick. It's much better to pick up the phone and call you, start working on a plan before you have the disease. Yeah, the quote that we're using as we're launching this book is, if we ate like we were sick, we would never be sick. So you know, when we were when we're sick, we're not asking for chicken fried steak and pork chops and mashed potatoes and gravy. We're going, would somebody bring me some chicken noodle soup, bring me some hot tea or some lemonade, right? So if we lean towards that more, 60 to 80% of the time, the other 20%, we can have the chicken fried steak. We can have the mashed potatoes. We just can't live on that. That's a good point. It's really good. Tosh, this has been so good. I appreciate you taking time to be with me today. You've done so many things that, to help save lives. And I want that part of the story told more than anything else. I want people to get a hold of you, get to know you. Thanks for your being here with me. Appreciate it. Dave, thanks for having me. God bless you, sir. Betcha. God bless you too. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.